Welcome to Unconventionally Speaking, the PSA podcast where we go behind the scenes to learn about the triumphs and tribulations that help shape the careers of our Unconvention 2022 learning gurus and experienced masters. Not only will you get a sneak peek into their session, you'll also gain valuable insight into the speaking business and tips on how to navigate the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. Welcome to Unconventionally Speaking. My name is Kim Sealing-Smith, CSP. I'm a co-convener for Unconvention 2022 and a proud co-host of the podcast. And today I'm very excited because we have the one, the only, Warwick Mary CSP, Master MC, host and producer. Warwick, how are you? I am delightful, 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 and all the better for being here. Oh, I think my tongue's too big for my you mouth today. You are a today. professional uh, speaker, are you not? And an MC. Oh, there host, is always that, isn't it? That's the thing. There's extra pressure as a, as a pro speaker. You don't want to stuff it up. But oh, man, I've got to tell you, the number of times I trip over myself is hilarious. Well, that's good news actually for everybody listening, because just because you have achieved the designation of CSP, you are a well-known expert not only here in Australia but globally for what you do. We still make mistakes from time to time. I think that that's actually very freeing. I reckon actually it adds more value to make mistakes. It's we want to see your humanity and your flaws. Yes. And if you see someone who is so perfect for the entire thing, you're like, oh, that was really good. But if you see someone make a mistake and then recover, that's better. Yeah. That's got that's got the special source, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And speaking of recovery, let's jump into the question, shall we? You. So, the first question that I have for you is, you know, as speakers, we do show reels. And today, I want to ask you for your verbal show reel. What do you normally speak on and what wows your audience? So, just two or three minutes on who you are and what you do. So, for me, the majority of my work now is as an MC or a host. And also, I've been doing, as you would expect, a lot of online work over the last couple of years. So, I'm actually doing a bit of event production as well. So, as well as doing the uh, the hosting and the voices and the introductions and the outros, I'm also pressing the buttons and doing a few different special effects, etc. for the online production. So, that's the majority of the work that I do. And I also do a bit of consulting around events as well. You do consulting. I know you You obviously do consulting as a business, but you've also been a tremendous resource for our very own organization, PSA, Professional Speakers Australia. And didn't you just win a global award for the volunteer well, yes. work that you've done? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, actually, no, I've just been announced that I'm a global outstanding entrepreneur um, based on the work over the last couple of years that I've done supporting other speakers just to get into that online space. Uh, I've got to be honest, I did not start off trying to, oh, I could get an award for this. It was just, I was just trying to help. But then I got this phone call saying, you've been nominated and we'd like you to submit a proposal. So it's, and I, I was actually um, the winner in that category or the recipient in that category. And I'm, I'm just blown away. Like it just was so unexpected. So my thing is, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. And so I was just trying to do what I could to help everybody. And, uh, you know, blatant plug, most of my business and the research I've done comes from other speakers. So like it actually pays me to be nice to other speakers because they'll say, oh, we need a host. This Warwick guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to recommend him in there. So, you know, there is a, a business element to it, but that wasn't the intent. The intent just was, 
I've spent a lot of time in the music industry, so I know a lot about microphones and stuff just purely because I sing for fun. And I spent 10 years in IT, so I have the tech skills. I'd been doing online events for five years or something beforehand. Nowhere near as many as I do, but I'd been using Zoom. I'd been using GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar. I'd, I'd done a whole lot of that stuff. And so it was just, I, I love to be of service. And so I was of service. And um serendipitously was rewarded for yeah well you certainly were of service you were you were certainly of service to me personally as well as many of our colleagues and i'm so happy that you did get the reward and recognition that you deserved so you know every hollywood great um has a secret career before they became famous what was yours you mentioned a little bit about your (laughs) it background what did you do before you became a professional speaker well, I see. I've got two degrees: one in accounting and one in IT. Oh, so do oh, I. Yes. So do There's I. The glamour, the glamour everywhere. <laughs> so I spent ten years in corporate IT. So I worked for a large company called EDS, Electronic Data oh, Systems. Oh, I know it well. And travelled with them all over the world, and then moved across to Oracle. I was an account manager for Telstra at Oracle. So someone, well, actually a service manager, someone had sold a five million dollar contract, and it was my job to make Telstra happy. <laughs> that's that's easy. Um, um, and yeah, and from there, I got into speaking. It was a weird sidestep, but um, yeah, I just I had too much personality for IT, so I got out. So, how did you get into speaking? How, what what was the defining moment, the aha moment where you? 1999, back in the dark ages, and I'd been doing a lot of work around Y2K. Yes, it does did exist. Yes, it was a major problem, but we handled it. That's why it didn't become a problem. <laughs> uh, and. I was asking myself the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I just didn't know. And I love what the philosopher Kierkegaard said, which is life has to be lived forward, but understood backwards. So as I was asking this question, what do I want to be? Um, my wife at the time came home from an event and was talking about these speakers. Amanda Gore was one of them, uh, saying ah. how fabulous she was, the fluffy floaties and, and stinky sinkies or sinky stinkies, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, and um, there was another couple of speakers who were paid money. And, and my ex-wife said to me, you are way better than these people are. And I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to stand in front of an audience and ignite and inspire them. But I had no idea what I wanted to talk about. Well, it was 1999. I'm from IT. What do you speak about? Y2K. And so I was a big believer in associations, still am, which is why I'm part of PSA. So I joined PSA like back in the old days, there was the phone book. So I just looked up the professional association, found out a bit about them, sent them a check to become a member without even join, without even coming along to a monthly meeting. I just joined. And then I came along and I had a five-minute slot. And back at those stages in the Victorian chapter, they were doing a five-minute spots for different speakers and I spoke on Y2K. And I had a guy in the audience, uh, Ralph Simfendorfer, come up to me afterwards and say, you're good. Like you're, you've got good. I need someone to do my training for me, do my corporate training, and um, you can do your, you can do your speaking on the side. And yeah, would that work for you? And I'll give you a minimum amount every month. So I'm like, how can I say no to that? And so within a week, I'd resigned from my corporate IT job and started my life as a speaker. And that was in 1999. So it's 22 years. Wow. Well. And everybody listening to this can certainly appreciate the the road to speaking and the road while you're on or the the speaking road of the speaking journey is full of hills and valleys. And what I'd like to hear from you is tell me about a time that you wanted to throw it all in. What happened and why did you end up keeping going? How did you end up here? How did you come out of that valley and, and up that hill? 
Yeah, look, when I was in between wives, uh, that was, <laughs> so, you know, I started the speaking uh, business and then my wife was not happy at her job. So she came on board and did the coaching. I was the one to many, she was the one to one. And then the relationship started getting a little bit rocky. So we thought, I know, let's move to Queensland. That'll fix everything. <laughs> and so we moved As to Queensland does. and that didn't fix everything and it got things just got messier. And so I made the decision to leave. And so I thought I'll come back to Melbourne because that's where my base is. That's where my supporter support is. I'll get a job and just, you know, rebuild the business or do whatever I've got to do. No one would hire me because I had run my own business for about six years or so. And they're like, oh, it can't take direction, you know. And part of it was I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to earn money. And so it was hard to get a job if that's what you're doing. I ended up getting a job in a call center. Um, and but the, so I thought, well, I if, I if I can't get a job, I better keep doing the speaking thing. And so at that stage, you know, I'm getting my 20 bucks an hour in a call center because I've got to pay rent. And then I go and do a keynote and get, you know, three or four grand for the hour and then come back and get my 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> it, it was weird. Yeah. But it was just, that's just what I wanted to do. And I'm at the point now, having been doing this for 22 years, I know no one would employ me. And I've got to be honest, I wouldn't want to work for people. Um, this whole concept of having to apply for leave, can I please take my holidays? No. And I'm just like, man, that's not going to happen. There's been a few times like, you know, trying to work out what my topic was, was so hard. And I was trying to, is it work style? Is it like, I'm not a researcher. Like some people like you do amazing <laughs> research with depth and, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to make shit up. <laughs> and it, so that doesn't go well as a speaker because you've really got to have some substance to what you're talking about. But then I found out that what I'm actually really good at, and this is that whole Kierkegaard thing, is I'm really good at hosting. Yeah, like really good. And because I'd done... I'd amateur radio. I had a Friday morning was before work breakfast show. I'd hosted all my friends, 18ths, 21sts, weddings. I had, you know, I was school captain growing up. So I was on the stage every Monday doing speeches and whatever. So, yeah, it's what I do. And because I like to entertain and I've studied improv and I've studied theatre and I've, and I do singing and stuff, I, I just roll that all into one. And it's the hosting that I do well. And because of that, I've worked very closely with event organizers, so I know a lot about the events industry and what it takes to make an event successful, not just the speak that speaking slot. Mm. And so that's been been very, very handy. So yeah, that's helped me roll into what I'm doing now digitally uh, with that event production stuff as well. Oh, fascinating. Fascinating. So has it been worth it the last 22 years? Has it been worth it? I got to tell you, there's times, it's a really weird industry. There are times where you just roll in cash and other times when it's like, oh, two minute noodles again. Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful that I have a gorgeous wife who has a very regular income. Um, so that's been good for us. And also I'm crystal clear and I've seen this. Some speakers do really, really well, but then all of a sudden their topic's not trendy anymore. And all of a sudden they just don't get the work that they, they used to. And so they have, they used to earn a lot of money and spend a lot of money and then there's none. So we have invested heavily outside side business and so that you know with a bigger plan so to speak so has it worth it definitely i love what i do i love this last two years have been super successful for me personally and financially and so that's been fantastic one of the biggest competitions i've got is people not being in lockdown anymore <laughs> and all of a sudden we're going back to face-to-face yeah. -to -face events and it's just like I don't want to leave the house. I got to tell you, I'm currently not wearing pants, and that's part of my my world, and I'm really okay with that. You know, I Thank dressed you for to the that desk. Visual. 
Oh, look, an absolute pleasure. They are very hairy legs, ladies and gentlemen, and others. So just so you know. But yeah, no, it's good. So it it has been worth it, even with all of oh, all of the ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. So I know because you and I know each other, we're friends uh, uh, outside of just being colleagues. And I know that the last two years has been very, very successful for you. So what has other than opportunity, because you are really well suited to take advantage of what has been a very challenging time for a lot of us, because you have had the tech background, you were set up to go virtual, and you are a naturally giving person. What I'm interested in is when you have up leveled, what has other than luck and opportunity, what has helped you up level? Has it been a shift in mindset? Has it been people opening doors. When you get stuck or have gotten stuck in the past, what has gotten you unstuck? Mm. So I, for me, I love the concept of the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. So when the pandemic was first kicking in, I was just very aware of it and very aware of some of the previous commentary around, we have a pandemic coming, we don't know when, but one will happen. Mm. And looking And so one of the first things I did was start looking at the Spanish flu and the kind of impact and how long it was going to be. So from the very beginning, and you say you're not a researcher. Well, it's 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 not research; it's reading. You know, it's just I Google. Same thing. I think one of the skills that I have is I ask good questions and I know how to search good questions. And so I was able to really have a look at um, stuff like on the Spanish flu in terms of how long did it last and what was the impact and what made it end. And so from the very beginning. and, and I'm, you know, again, I'm blessed with the gorgeous wife that I have who also happens to be a nurse. And so we were having some of these conversations. And so from the very beginning, we were just like, this is going to last two, if not three years. And the only way, the only way we're going to get through this is a vaccine. Mm. It is the only way. Mm. And so therefore, it was just going, okay, well, that's just how it's going to be. And just having acceptance around that and go, well, what do I need to do? And so I knew I needed to, to up my, my digital presence. And the good news is, and this is still the case for most of you who are listening out there, most speakers online are pretty ordinary. They're not that flash. And so therefore, it doesn't take much to stand out a little bit. And so I knew for me, I wanted to do, do a few things. And like many speakers, I love buying the stuff like so let me buy the equipment i'll buy this and i'll buy that and i'll buy the other and i thought what can i what can i use that i've already got you know and i already had a stack of microphones i knew that i needed to i ultimately updated my computer to a gaming pc i knew that i needed a better camera and i didn't want a webcam i wanted something a little bit better Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to drop two grand on a on a fancy camera I bought a secondhand one off eBay and it's been the best 300 bucks I've spent because I get a really lovely image that's just a little nice. It has a bit of depth, which just really lifts it. Makes you pop. And it was just a secondhand camera. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so for me, it's just, I, I don't know. Um, again, another concept I love is be where your hands are. And so it's like, well, what can I do today? Um, and, and I've reached out, like as people have reached out to me for help, I've reached out to others for my marketing and for stuff. And some of them just said, go back to the basics. Where's your, where is your business coming from? Yeah. And this was when, you know, it's during the pandemic that I had this realization. It's coming from speakers. Most of my work comes from other speakers. And, you know, the last thing they want me to do is to market to them, you know, because no one wants that. But what they love is conversations and, you know, it's been a tough time for many people. And so I've just been calling random speakers and just having conversations to just sort of connect and just check how they're going. Part of it's sort of staying top of mind. Part of it's just genuinely, sincerely offering help if they need it. I mean, 
I, I'm, I don't want to live in a world where, you know, we use our friends and contacts, you know, for the sake of money yeah. and business. It's just yeah. like, you know, people are people. And it's through the conversations and helping others that I have learnt so much. And so it's, yeah, that's sort of what's happened. And now that things are starting to open up again and people are going back face to face, I'm sort of doubling down and just going, I'm going to stay online. Like, don't get me wrong. If people ring me up and say, hey, can you come and do this face to face as some have done, I will do it. But I, my thing is, I I prefer online. I like it. It's I'm traveling for business has got hairs on it. Uh, traveling for pleasure is great. So that's sort of a focus. And um, yeah, we'll just see what happens with yeah. that. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned the three A's. You talked about the first one, awareness. Did I miss the other two? What are the other two? Yeah. So the first one's awareness, just having awareness of what's going on. The second one is acceptance, just accepting like this is just how it is. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. So, and it may well be, you know, oh, so your website's crap. Oh, well, it's not good, not bad. It just is. And then you, the third A is action. What action can I yeah. take? And so to go forward, now you don't have to completely redesign your website and, you know, bells and whistles and new primaries. It's just like, what's one little thing I can do today? Well, I can update the front page. I can I can put my latest testimony on LinkedIn on there. I can shoot a little to camera piece that I can include on there. It's just little pieces that you can do. Yeah, and, and I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm lazy. So if I'm doing something once, I want to use it multiple times. You know, so if I'm going to do a video, I'll rip the audio off and use it somewhere and then maybe get it transcribed and, and get the key points made into a PDF infographic. You know, th- that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm really into that leverage factor. Yeah. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I think I wouldn't describe you as lazy in any stretch of the imagination. I would describe you as as efficient because I've seen you. I've seen you do this time and time again. And um, you're you're better at systematizing than I am, certainly. So you've been a, a host and MC throughout your the majority of your professional career. But other than pivoting, everybody hates that word, but other than changing to the online environment, has your topic or what you do, how you do, uh, and the market that you serve, how has that evolved over the years? Because this is a very changing business and we have to, we have to adapt. How have you adapt from the standpoint of I do MC, I do hosting work, I'm, I'm not an in-depth uh, subject matter expert. How have you evolved? So starting off, it was always the, okay, I've got to find my topic. What's my topic? What's my topic? Mm. And so, you know, I, I did some very generic kind of topics that I sort of also ran. And I also knew at the time I could host. And it was really hard trying to market both. You know, am I calling this person to be a keynoter or as an MC? What am I doing? And and what do they know me as? And how am I, you know, I tried to position myself as the get more guy. I can help you get more out of life mm-hmm. and get more out of your team and get more, you know. And um, that's the great thing with nicknames. You never give them to yourself. Uh, it's always up to other people to give it to you. So, you know, that sort of didn't really catch up on a bit. I made the decision because, you know, after about 10 or 15 years, I finally listened to what the gurus were telling me, like Winston Marsh, like Big Dave, like others in the speaking industry, who basically said, pick a niche and go for yeah. it. Pick something you're good and just go for it. And I made that decision. I was like, well, I really love the emceeing. Like, I really dig it. And it's, I have so much fun with it. And I have so many people saying, oh, no, this is this is a, a conference for medical practitioners. that They take – they're very serious in what they do. Can I tell you, when I hosted the gala dinner for the RACGP, they loved it so much. You know, I'm back again this year. They got me hosting some other stuff. Like, they love the chance to just be human. And so that's what I try and bring to the, to the event. So – I made the decision that I will only market my MC work. That's what oh, I do. Right, okay. um, now, having said that, if someone says, oh, great, have you for an MC? By the way, do you do keynotes? The answer is yes. 
And again, it's not an in-depth, you know, I've done all this research kind of stuff, but it is an entertaining, fun keynote that I can do about, you know, how to get things done by having fun or how to, you know, maximize your energy or get more energy in your day, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just a bit of fun. And it's, and it doesn't, I don't profess to be, you know, the guru in that area. Um, but yeah, I typically, I only market my emceeing and now my online event hosting and, and production kind of work. And do you have any other, any other products or services that you, uh, sell on the back end or that you, you know, value ads that people can purchase? What are the different ways, different modalities of connecting with your audience? You said that already that you've, you do some coaching. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have loads of products. I think I have, I think I've created over the years over, 35 different discs, either CDs or DVDs. Um, I've got a book. I've got a couple of online things that I've done. So again, you know, I create a product from the very, very early stages and I go back and I listen to some of that product and it's really good. Mm. Like it's really stood the test of time. Some of the production qualities aren't that flash, but it's really good because I'm like, I'm going to be giving a keynote anyway. I think it was Gihan Pereira who was talking about, you know, getting a little digital recorder and stick it in your pocket. And so I just did what I was told. So I bought this little digital recorder and I stuck it in my pocket, gave a keynote, recorded it, came out pretty well, tweaked it, put an intro and an outro paid for some it was a cd but i gave a dvd packaging because that makes it look like it's more expensive <laughs> and then you know did that then i created a multi-disc pack with a friend around exhibiting uh, she her business had done a lot of sponsorship and i have got a big i spent 12 months at a permanent expo i've done a whole lot of work around exhibiting and stuff and so we created the exhibit like a pro system and you know we sold that and so a whole lot of stuff nowadays the physical CDs, DVDs are harder to sell than something like an online course mm. or an online membership or things like that. Yeah. Like I put a couple of things on Udemy just as an interest um, and I think I make the massive, you know, three US dollars a month or something <laughs> on that. <laughs> what I've got is for bundling purposes, I've got a couple of online courses that are worth, you know, $295 a head and I do sell them on my website for that, although not many people purchase it. But sometimes when I'm trying to bundle something up, it's a great way to add high value, low cost, Mm. which I'm a big fan of. So that's the kind of thing. As an MC, there's not a great deal that you can sort of bundle on. I have been doing some courses on how to be an MC and how to be a better host. I find some speakers will say, oh, hey, they've asked me to MC this thing that I'm doing. And, you know, so, yeah, that should be good because that MCing doesn't look too hard. Can you just give me, you know, half an hour? How do I MC this properly? And so I try and instill a lifetime of skills into the half hour and have a conversation. And so often people come back to me afterwards and go, I am never doing that. How do you do this? I am not doing that again. <laughs> right. So you're limiting your competition. Uh, well, look, for me, it's it's a very different skill set yeah. and, and it's a co-opetition because, you know, what they'll find is either they hate it and they don't want to do it again and so just get Warwick in or they'll be like, actually, no, I, I like this. I want to do this. And I'm crystal clear that their style is massively different to mine. And there's I've, there was one of my clients I had for about four years that they actually didn't like me doing the ad lib. They didn't like me having the fun. So they now have someone who reads a script that their MC, if anything happens, she's stuffed, but her job is to read the script and she's been told that, so that's what she does. And so every event is different. And and for me, I couldn't do that kind of event. It would drive me nuts because yeah. I'm forever, you know, 
saying a little comment here and there. And, and anyone who's who's a speaker who's had me in their audience, I'm one of those horrible delegates at the back who's not really interested and is trying to talk to the person next to them and make them laugh throughout the whole event. <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm a really crap delegate. I get that. So, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, I've forgotten what the question was, but uh, the answer is 42. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, as it is for everything. Uh, so mm. take us out because I know one of one of the things that you really like to do is is to project the future. So what does the speaking industry look like? What you know? What are we going to be doing? Take us out ten years. Is everybody going to be watching us as holographic uh, images on the stage? Are people going to be watching us through VR headsets? What do you see for the speaking industry? Yeah, look, there's one big theme that I've been passionate about for the last couple of years and the COVID crisis, the pandemic and on the online has really escalated the speed at which this change is going to happen. And my theory is that people do not want an event done to them. They want it done with, with them. them. Yeah. So the years of being head on stick on stage, you know, talking at the audience, getting them to do a few things and turn to the person next to you and blah, 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 and now I'll just keep and talking at you. People don't want it. Yeah. They don't want that anymore. Yeah. The newer generation of people and even old farts like myself, when we're doing something, we're not just doing one thing. When I'm watching a film, I've got the phone in my hand. I'm going, who's this character? I've seen them before in IMDb, blah, 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 blah. Or sometimes I've got the laptop or my tablet in my hand and I'm doing you know, a bit of Facebook as I'm watching the film and I'm doing, you know, or I'm doing a few notes on something I've got happening the next day. So the only way to stop me from not being distracted is to be massively included. And so to do that, the discussion's got to be about me. Not about you, but me. Yeah. And so, therefore, I've got to be part of it. So, I've got to make it actually happen. And so, this is what I'm finding, particularly with online. You know, our sessions are shorter. You know, when people say, oh, yes, I need an hour or I need 90 minutes, I'm like, mm -hmm, you've got 45 tops. Mm -hmm. You know, because people are just, I've just, this morning, I've actually just been hosting a session out of the US and everything was 20 minutes. Like, you had 20 minute slots to get on there and do your bit and then get off. Yeah. And because it's like people will not hang around. And, and some people will say, oh, I it's, it's you know the intention spans there. Oh my god, it's it's not there. They're 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 too sidetracked by their phone. It's like no no no. We have to be better. Yeah. We have to be better. We have to give them exactly what they want in a format that's easy to consume. And and for me, holograms gimmick, absolute gimmick. It's like I've seen some people who have been going full on with green screens and digital studios, and they walk across lava and stuff. It's a gimmick. Yeah. Like you know, give me uh, give me a dude or give me a lady with a laptop sitting in their lounge. The lady with a laptop in the lounge and who's got great content, who looks down the barrel of the camera, who you can tell has an authentic care for you and your situation. I will take that any day over. Oh, look, we can do this on a hologram. You know, so just because you can doesn't mean you should. Make it so much about the delegate and, and less about you. I think that is that is sort of the future of where we're headed. Quality trumps everything. Quality trumps yeah. everything. Just be good at what you do and you'll be able to to handle the future, whatever whatever it brings. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the underlying theme that I've been really flogging this year, uh, to particularly to speakers, is get better. Just get, and you don't yeah. have to get massively better, but just get better, just little bits. Just, and one of the things we're going to find now that we're going back to face to face is uh, we're not match fit. 
because we have not spent time on stage. We have not spent yes. time in front of people. Yes. So when we could usually do, oh, I can do three one-hour slots in a day. Now after the first hour, we're like, oh, my goodness, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so we nap. have to get match fit, right? Yeah. So that this is, you know, we got to get ready for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So let's talk a little bit about your session at Unconvention 2022. You are leading, very appropriately, how to master the art of facilitation and hosting. So what are you going to be leading us through? What will the delegates be taking away from your session? <laughs> it's going to be a power session. Uh, look, basically, I've I've seen too many panels that just get wrecked. Um, and panel sessions can be an easy way out for a conference organizers to go, oh, we need we need to hear from this one, that one, the other. And like, if you're going to do a keynote early, could you do the panel session as well? And many speakers go, yeah, no worries. It's a different skill set. So what I want to do is give some people some concrete uh, direction and and advice on how do you run panel sessions? How do you do them in a way that gets the outcome you want, not necessarily making everyone uh, feel comfortable? Um, so it's really pushing at that. And, and also just in terms of hosting, what are some of the things that you need to do to host? So talk a little bit more about the, the hosting aspect of it. Are you going to be covering, in addition to panels, are you going to be covering how to MC? Are you going to be covering how to host an event? Because sometimes you're hired as a speaker, but you're asked to MC a portion of the conference to provide the glue that brings it, it together. So what other types of hosting and facilitating are you going to be talking about as well? For sure. So we'll also cover, you know, how to how to be a, an, a great host or an elegant host. Uh, but not just for, you know, other people's events, but for your own. Some of us actually run our own events. We'll have 10 to 12 people, you know, coming into the room. So what are some of the things that you need to do to make sure that you get engagement and traction really quickly? Beautiful, yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you make it so that they are ready to absorb the knowledge that you're about to share with them and, and interact really well? And also how to be that host of a session if you're asked to do, you know, you've got the two-hour breakout session in Stream 3. Can you host that and do your own presentation kind of stuff? So we'll cover some of those key points there. And, and then also I have what I like to call unlimited Q&A, which is uh, until the time runs out, I will answer any question you've got. Excellent. Excellent. Love that. All right. So we are going to end with some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Rapid fire. Awesome. Favorite platform? Uh, anyone that's presented to me. I don't care. I'll use whatever they got. <laughs> Favorite tech hack? Um, just the basics in using Word. Can I tell you? Just the control three, control V, and just um, <laughs> the editing software. Just like the basics. Old the basics school. makes Old all the school. difference. Yes. Favorite productivity hack? Mm, uh, get someone else to do it. Delegate. Favorite meal? Um, oh, I've got to love a fresh curry for breakfast. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> for breakfast? Oh, interesting. I'm married to a Sri Lankan in Sri Lankan. They make yes. me fresh curry the, for breakfast. The lovely it's Sam gold. has something to do with that, I know. I That's know. it. So now that our borders are opening and you are going to be traveling for pleasure when you do, what is your top destination spot for you and your lovely wife? Uh, for us at the moment, it's just the shed. Um, so we have a we have yeah. a rural property which is still in Victoria because uh, things change very very quickly. So yes, they do. Uh, and then most likely we will go to Sri Lanka for a whole variety of family reasons. Lovely, lovely. Wine, beer, gin, vodka, or tequila. Soda water. Yes, I don't drink. <laughs> I and so that. therefore, you know, soda water is good. If you could have a dinner party with three people in the world, who would they be? Uh, for me, it would be with uh, Sam Bronwyn and Kadir. Uh, we call it family dinner. We have it usually once every couple of weeks. I'm not one of these people who looks, oh, I want to have a dinner with so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, yeah not interested. Don't, never meet your heroes. It never works out well. <laughs> awesome. And last question, favorite book, podcast, or any other source for professional inspiration? Yeah. 
I don't read a great deal of professional books. I like reading fiction books. And the reason for it is there are so many great messages in there. So the Magician series by Raymond E. Feist, uh, particularly the three, the first three are very, very good. It's all about, you know, making your dreams come true, good versus evil. Just some really, again, basic morals. Very, very good. Currently, I'm reading Dune again by Frank Herbert. I've read it many times. It's a great book. I've just seen the latest film and, and it's not as good as the book is. So I'm back to the book. <laughs> Excellent. Well, now thank you for that because now you've put more books on my book list. Something I did not want, but uh, leading up to Christmas, something that is very much appreciated. As I appreciate your time today and every day that we work together through PSA. So thank you very much, Warwick Mary CSP. Absolute pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, good good luck, good love, good blessings to anyone who's listening. I hope uh, what you're ever doing right now is doing good things for you. Excellent. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Unconventionally Speaking. We have over 30 unspeakers of this caliber at Unconvention on the 25th and 26th of March. So grab your seat today. Just click the link included in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you know who would also get value from this conversation. And follow or subscribe to the show to ensure that you never miss an episode. See you all at PSA Unconvention 2022. This episode is sponsored by Your Podcast Concierge, podcast production for speakers who want to increase their authority and generate leads from their show. You press record and let them do the rest. And to this, I can personally attest. 